0: Block Talk Radio. Franchise Pros. Stan the Man. Paul Segretto. Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchises. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchises.
1: Franchise today. Franchise today. Yeah. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, May twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen, and I'm enjoying a beautiful, splendid, sunny day in Southeast Texas. And my co-host, Stan Friedman. Live from the city of Atlanta, Stan, how are you today?
2: Hey, Paul, doing great. And, uh, you know, as is usually the case, one or the other of us is, is usually involved in some kind of a weather event. And Atlanta is having its burden and share today, but it's all north of the city. But a lot of tornado watches and warnings are out there today. And it's probably weather that found its way here from, I don't know, Texas. What do you think? Yeah,
1: definitely was. I came in from New Orleans uh, on Monday, and there were some severe storms. I know they've been working their way across the southeast. And uh, But it's a good thing it wasn't there last week, Stan. You had some things going on in the Atlanta market. Uh, I know you were real busy. Um, give us a little bit of an update of what's going on in the franchise world today.
2: Well, you know what? I, I, I don't really have a, a great deal to talk about today as much as I do those things that are on the horizon and coming up very, very quickly upon us, Paul. Um, you know, we're looking at, uh, what are we, two weeks out on the International Franchise Expo? Can you believe that we're halfway yep. through the year? And IFE nice. is is right on, our, right on our doorstep. And behind that, you know, even in the dog days of summer, we've got a couple of big events this year in August, uh, the 22nd through the 24th. Marianne O'Connell presents her Franchise Capital Exchange in Chicago, which, you know, I've I've talked about it, but I I really haven't dug into uh, sharing much about what that is all about. For any franchise concept that's going to be founding its growth with private equity, founders, CEOs, and CFOs should all take a look at the Franchise Capital Exchange. And, um, you know, if you're going to be looking to raise a minimum of $2 million as an ask, uh, this is a conference that you can learn a lot from. Uh, just by attending and seeing how others that are already in prep for capital raises are going about doing it. So the website is franchisecapitalexchange.com. It's in Chicago, August 22nd through the 24th, and I would recommend anyone take a look at that to learn more. I also wanted to uh, I wanted to call out the Fagree Baker Daniels Franchise Summit coming up. Also in August, so it's going to be a busy month of August when we take a little bit of time off in the dog days of July, but get prepped up for these big events. Fagery Baker Daniels is August 30th and 31st, and this will be their fifth annual event in Minneapolis. Um, Shelly Sun, CEO of Bright Star and chairwoman of the IFA, will be making her appearance there as well. And that's a ritual that happens every year with, with Brian's summit. He always has the chairperson of the IFA, attending the program. So a big bonus for those who attend. And then, Paul, before you know it, it's going to be September, and it's going to be time for Lane and Brad's annual, fifth annual springboard event taking place at the Westin in Philly this year. So, you know, it may seem like it's out there a ways talking about September, but when you really get down to it, we're at the halfway mark right now, and, um, and the fall events are on the horizon.
1: That's great stuff. And Lane and Brad, uh, Lane Fisher and Brad Fishman, will be our guests uh, sometime in July uh, to talk about the Springbourne event. And uh, Stan, I would suggest we get in touch with Marianne and see if we can bring her on the show in July to kind of give us a little bit of insight. Into the franchise capital exchange. I know way back when, when Susan, uh, then Blackbeth, uh, was putting together the first Dealmaker Summit, we did a couple of uh, live special event shows. I remember it well because one of them, I was in the closet in a restaurant in the dark. Um, as there was just so much noise. So, uh, yeah, right afterwards, I came out of the closet. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, I, I
2: thought it, but I wasn't going to say it. But I did think Yeah, it.
1: I know. I know. And next week, we have uh, Ashley Morris from Capriotti's on. And, uh, and in June, we received commitment from Gigi Butler of Gigi's Cupcakes. They'll be on the show, and we still have to firm up uh, Michael Side and uh, Joyce Mazzaro who have agreed to uh, be on the show as well. We've got some great guests coming up. And speaking about great guests, uh, Dina Dwyer-Owens, co-chair of the Dwyer Group, uh, returns today. Um, We're really honored to uh, have her. And today's show, uh, titled Leading with Values, and as I I always have, Values, Inc., Dina's book, on my desk, and uh, I was looking for a quote, and I thought there was one no more appropriate than this one from Brian Tracy, who wrote the foreword of Values, Inc., and he says, one of the qualities of leaders at all levels and at each stage of their careers is that they know who they are, their true values, and do they do not compromise them for any reason. And with that Dina, welcome back to
2: Franchise Today.
3: Hi, Paul and Stan. Thank you for having me back again. What an honor it is.
2: Well, the honors on this side for sure.
1: I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um, there's been so many great things going on with um, the Dwyer Group. I know we can easily talk two or three hours, but. We have an hour today. <laughs> um, so I, I just want to really jump in. And, you know, as we were preparing for the show, um, I listened back to some of the um, the previous shows with the Dwyer Group, um, individuals that have been on the show. And, of course, um, you've been on a couple of times, Dina, and I guess I was remiss in not going way back to um, Dino, Dina at a, at a much younger age, um, maybe not so experienced at that point, and, and how you actually got started in the business. And, um, and I apologize for that. I was remiss in, in, in not giving us that opportunity and our leader, and our listeners the opportunity to hear that. So I would like to start out today by having you take us back uh, as many years as you would like um, because um, you have a very unique story, I mean, obviously, Uh, Your dad was a a franchise icon, so take us as far back as you'd like and kind of just bring us up to the present.
3: Okay, so I grew up in a family of six kids, and at about the age of 12, my father decided he had something he could really offer all of us, and he put us to work. (laughs) My mother was the one who really (laughs) granted granted us in our fate. So at a very young age, uh, I was working at a car wash, doing sales of all things, I guess one of my favorite things, working at at the gas pumps, Pumping gas and then selling the detail jobs and the polish waxes. I really wanted to be at the back end of the car wash doing the detail work with the cute guys, but my father would have nothing to do with that. (laughs) So so that's where I started my my working career at a very early age. And uh, one of the brilliant things that Don Dwyer did for each of us six kids is had us listen to motivational and leadership cassette tapes. Yes, I am a little older than probably many of the listeners, so they might not remember what a cassette tape is, but in my day, um, if we would listen to the cassette tape six times, it's that uh, repetition of skill, um, then uh, answer a few of his questions correctly, we'd get like an additional five-buck allowance. And that was a lot of money back yeah. then. I drove a Volkswagen Bug. That would get me a lot of gas for, for gosh, weeks. So um, I remembered him planting really positive seeds in our minds at a very early age, and that is really benefited me in my life. I thought it was kind of stupid when I was young, <laughs> other than the $5 allowance. Um, but I grew up looking back and really applying a lot of those lessons I, I learned listening to those tapes uh, in my career. So I went on to uh, to go to college, but I was going to college uh, here at Baylor full-time, working for my father full-time, running a cheerleading camp part-time, just had a lot going on and really wasn't having fun. And I said to him one day, look, something's got to give. Um, Either I'm going to come work for you full-time, really full-time, or you know I'm to, I just need to stick with school and finish this up. He said, look, why don't you take a semester off, come work side-by-side with me, get your real estate license, and then we can decide after a semester what you think. Well, Don Dwyer University offered so much more than any other <laughs> school I could have possibly attended. He was tough, tough, tough on me, um, but at the same time taught me so many valuable lessons. So I continue to, I continue to be a learner today. I just never went back and got my degree, so went on to work in the company. I've done everything from cleaning carpets to being the VP of operations, and then uh, fortunate to be invited by our outside board of directors. At the time, we had a publicly traded company in 1998 when I was invited to be the, uh, the president CEO. I was actually invited to be the acting president CEO, so I had to pretend that I was going to be the CEO. That the board was a bit fearful of putting a 35-year-old young lady into a role of a publicly traded company and. And for good reason, I guess. Uh, And we've got some some adversities that I dealt with as we went into that. But the bottom line is I I was fortunate to uh, have applied one of those lessons I learned from those cassettes, and that was to surround myself with amazing people who had strengths that complemented my weaknesses. And uh, those people are still mostly with us today. Mike Biddle is our CEO, and uh, without Mike I could have never done what I did, uh, as I was the CEO of the Dwyer Group, uh, along with Robert Tenmeyer and many others.
1: Well, wow, that's, that's tremendous. B- before we get on to the um, the brands and where we are today, what were some of the um, the um, motivational speakers that you listened to?
3: Well, when I was very young, we had the Earl Nightingale of the world.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, you
3: know, and then it, and then it was the Zig Ziglar's and the Brian Tracy's, and you know we did Stephen Covey and Tony Robbins even came into the play when we got older. This is when I was already working for my father, so. Uh, Paul Meyer was a big one. My father actually um, was a distributor. That's how he got to franchise. He was a distributor for Paul Meyer with Success Motivation Institute based mm-hmm. here in Waco, Texas. became the top distributor and was invited to Waco to be the uh, VP of LMI, Leadership Management Institute. So we just we were fortunate, again, as kids, to grow up around a lot of positive motivational people and information.
2: So, Deanna, values and living rich are so much ensconced into the culture of the Dwyer Group. And as the company has grown and continues to grow, how do you, what do you do to to make certain that uh, those core values are always at the center of gravity in a company that has had the accelerated growth that the Dwyer Group has seen?
3: Yeah, speaking of its accelerated growth, again, I've got to give my, my hats off to, to Mike Bidwell and the team. We've grown uh, almost 100% in the last three years. Some of that's through acquisitions and some of that's through organic growth, so there's a nice, a nice mix. The most important thing is, is what we all know about franchising. In franchising, we take what's most important in business, and we create systems around what's most important so that those systems can be replicated for success. And the thing that we learned when Don Dwyer passed away in 1994 of a sudden heart attack at the age of 60, I mean, what a young guy. One of our biggest mm-hmm. fears was this, how do we keep this culture special? He's the one who founded the company on a set of values, uh, but they weren't as black and white as ours are today. So after he passed away, we said, how do we take Don's beliefs, create a set of values that are measurable, and then create a system around those values so that no matter how big we get, we never forget who we are. They've become part of our DNA, and they don't rely on one leader um, to keep the team accountable. It, you know, We rely on everybody to play their part. So the biggest secret <laughs> Our success with the values is, number one, know know who you are and what you stand for and then create a system around your values. And ours is simple. Anytime we have a meeting of three or more of our team members or franchisees, we take the time to highlight our values. Sometimes we review all 15 values. Sometimes we'll we'll just spend time talking about what's the one value we need to really work on. Maybe we've gotten feedback from a franchisee or an employee and we know we've got an opportunity for improvement, which is never-ending, right? We're far from perfect. Uh, but the, the system around implementing the values day in and day out in our
2: business is what's made the difference. So, Dina, with what nineteen brands under yes. the umbrella, you have a tremendous amount of diversity. And I mean, they're all service brands to to some degree. they are common denominators, but but you have a difference in the disparity in the kinds of brands that they are, and the kinds of people that would be associated with those opportunities. And then on the other side, you've got. The growth now where you're not just bringing in people to operate units of your brands, but you're acquiring brands too. I just have a hard time wrapping my head around how difficult it might be to to have the responsibility of a company acquiring whole companies at a time that have a culture that would be a good fit in a match. So I got online today and I, I downloaded or I requested a download of your workbook about building a culture so that I can learn more about how you go about doing that on such a large scale. But give us a preview or a sneak peek. How do you go about that when you're taking on an entire company, and especially when it's across the pond, you know, yeah. thousands yeah. of miles away from Waco, Texas?
3: Yes, good point, Stan, and it is complex. There's nothing easy about it, um, so you have to be very intentional. So as, as Mike and um, the, the growth team, including our private equity partners at Riverside, as we're considering acquisitions, we we put a lot of care into number one. They've got to be uh, a business that we really can bring value to. There's no sense of buying something that we can't really add value to. And then we look at the culture of those businesses. Is it a good fit for Dwyer? Because if it's not a good fit for dwyer, there there's no reason we should acquire it. So even though, yes, their their cultures are going to be different, especially across the pond, as you said, there are there are a lot of similarities. So when I think about bright and beautiful, and Countrywide, the the two most current acquisitions um, in the U.K., in fact, in Manchester, where they said that horrific uh, bombing, I was just there last week, and I had the opportunity to meet um, the founders of Countrywide and the, the leadership team of Countrywide and the, the leadership team of Bright and Beautiful. I actually took them through uh, a Code of Values presentation that I do for all new franchisees and all new employees, as well as um, my, my favorite class that I teach is called Design Your Life. So it's really helping people get clarity about what they, what they really want out of their lives and how is the franchise or the career with Dwyer going to be the vehicle to help them get there. And you know what? They are people who fit so beautifully into Dwyer's culture, but we're, we're cautious about shoving our values down their throat. What we say to them is this is who we are. We're attracted to your company because you're a leader, and we believe our cultures are aligned, but we want to earn your trust. You know, we, we can't expect you to start leading with our values, if you want to call it that, if you guys haven't had an experience with us that we're living the value. So, so give us some time to, to prove uh, that we really do mean this when we say we live rich, and then, and then we would invite you to come along with us. So that's the process we're in right now. And what's so interesting is people are hungry. For this type of clarity of values, from the millennials up to people who have been in business for a long time, and the create your culture work, workbook is is a tool for people who just need to take it to the next level. And we can talk about that in as much detail as you'd like. But there's some six steps in that that take people through what what are your values? There's like 106 you know potential values that that uh, have been identified. And that my friend Robert Cooper, who's a, an expert on emotional intelligence, actually allowed me to borrow his his worksheet on these 106 potential values people might have, or organizations might have. So that's the starting point is, you know, what what really matters to you? And then you take it to the next step, which is really getting clarity about, so what are the behaviors that you expect? If you say respect is one of your values, what specifically do you mean by respect? And in our case, it's things like responding in a timely fashion. You know, in our businesses, we have got to respond timely. So we've taken the idea of values to the next level by making sure that there are specific standards that you can measure yourself to that um, give clarity to each one of those core areas of respect, integrity, customer focus, and having fun.
2: Hey, Paul, before you jump to your next question, I just want to jump in in front of that and let our listeners know that they can do what I did. You can go to dina.dwyerowens.com, and Dina is very generous for your email address and your name, she will send you um, the Create Your Culture workbook at absolutely no cost at all. That's yeah, great. If Thank I'll you, Gina. I appreciate that. If I can that. help more
3: people, you know, have the same great benefits that we've, we've gotten uh, from living with values, and that, that makes me very happy.
1: You know, we, we, we talk about the Dwyer Group. We know it's got tremendous value. It's achieved so much. We look at the number of brands, the the, the breadth, the expanse uh, of all the brands is, is hard to even imagine, um, so many brands under under one umbrella. And yet, as I look through values and I hear you speaking about values, I hear this common denominator coming down to the singular person, to... You, meaning you, the individual, you, who you're speaking with, you, the individual that might be at this brand, you, how you um, adapt to the culture. And in the book, um, there's a lot about personal accountability. There's a lot about respect. There's a lot about communications. And it all comes down to, even with thousands of people involved in the Dwyer Group, it comes down to, thousands of individuals. Can you expand upon that? Because it, it, it seems to the the outsider. Um, I know talking with some people uh, about your book and what's been achieved at the Dwyer Group, it's almost that I get the impression that, yeah, that's big company America. That's corporate America. How do you do that down in a, in a small business? And yet... Everything in the book and everything that you started talking about today all comes down to those the singular accountability, the singular person, the individual. Can you expand upon that?
3: Yes, Paul. It actually begins from the inside, right, with each one of us. If if we're if we don't have a commitment to um, doing what's right, it's never too late to do what's right, by the way. So some people think, Oh, it's too late in my life <laughs> to start this value stuff. It's never too late. But it starts from the inside. And goes out. So, as we uh, look to hire um, team members at Dwyer, we are very thoughtful about who we hire. And people come to us. What's interesting is today we have a lot of people that want to come to work for Dwyer because we believe what they believe. We just happen to have it clearly written. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. And then the same thing with franchisees. We attract franchisees who want to be part of an organization that has this kind of clarity of their values. Uh, again, many times when I ask franchisees, what made you decide to pick a Dwyer brand? And, you know, they, give, they give a couple of reasons, but almost always one of the reasons is you guys really mean it when you say you live your values. And, and I want to give the disclaimer again that we are far from a perfect company. I, I have this wonderful privilege of talking about our company and our franchisees uh, all over the world and how the values have made an impact um, but that doesn't mean we're perfect. You know, every day we, we, we learn and we make mistakes. Um, I, I'm certainly far from perfect. But it's taking responsibility, as you said, Paul. When we own it, when we'll own it, it's it's a beautiful thing. And and I love it. This might sound funny, but I love it when a franchisee calls me with a complaint. And the first thing that they say to me is, Dina, I've got a problem. And I want to look to the value of uh, looking to the system for correction and proposing all possible solutions when something's not working as we discuss my problem. So they cite a value to me when they're calling me with the frustration <laughs> that they awful. have with our company. And that's when you know it's working.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting. There are, there are people that look at it and they say, you know, having the, 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 the perfect culture, about as perfect as can be, um, to some extent seems pollyanna seems very goody-goody. How could that possibly occur in the fast pace of business? And, of course, you know, we know otherwise because we've seen a lot of it as close as we could without actually being inside the Dwyer Group. But yet you mention a a, a very – you mention in your book a person that you wouldn't think on the outside looking in, would be listed in your book, and I'm referring to the former Enron CEO Jeffrey Skilling. And of course, we know about the the issues with Enron. Explain a little bit about how Jeffrey Skilling and the book values kind of morphs together.
3: Yeah, well, you know, when you write a book, you've got to um, you've got to address the the message you want to get across, right, in, the, in a positive way. But you also need to address The negative, Uh, people want to see both sides um, of of what what the point of the book is. And so I had to clearly identify that there are plenty of companies who have been out there who have touted uh, that they're ethical and they're values-based. And sometimes they are. But when they want to make a little extra money, in the case of Jeffrey Skilling and Enron, uh, they would skirt around the values and say, oh, well, those don't apply in this particular discussion that we're having.
1: Mm. You know what that (laughs) reminds me
3: of? You know the values are working, too. When, I, when I'm sitting around the board table and, and I'm presenting a, an acquisition idea to Mike Bidwell, our CEO, and Mike says, you know, that would be a great company to own, but I, I think we have a conflict of interest, and here's why I think we have a conflict of interest. And, and I don't necessarily agree completely with his point of view on the conflict of interest, so we talked through it a little bit more, and, and at the end of the, the meeting he says, you know, my gut just tells me this just doesn't line up well enough with our values that it's the company we should acquire. That's when you know it's working again. So it's not about the greed. Oh, yeah, this would be a great company to buy. It's another opportunity to make more money, and we can send referrals to our franchisees, and it's just all this great cross-marketing. But instead our CEO says, no, yeah, it would be fun to buy that company, but, you know, I just don't think it would be right. There's too much of a conflict of interest. And that's when you know What's it's working. On? Where Jeffrey's Jeffrey Skilling. Money got in the way. And this is what ruins most companies, right, and, and most leaders, is when greed gets in the way. I like to sleep at night. I don't know about you guys, but you know, based on what I know of you, you like to sleep at night, too, because you're, you're guys that I trust. And uh, franchisees have got to be part of companies where they can trust the leadership. And without our franchisees, we have nothing. So, um, yeah, unfortunately for Enron, they, uh, they made some greedy choices, and look where they are now. Dwyer are
0: oh, no 36
3: years old, you know, and, and we certainly have made our share of mistakes. Um, but we intend to be around for a long time.
2: So with 2,800, thank you. With 2,800 franchisees across 19 brands, um, one might wonder: Well, is there any place else for Adina Dwyer Owens and the Dwyer Group to go? And when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about something that is brand new in the Dwyer Group world called Neighborly, and we'll get into that in just a moment. You're listening to Franchise today. I'm Stan Friedman. Along with Paul Segreto, we are talking today with serial entrepreneur, author, philanthropist, and inspiration to any and all who know her, Diener Dwyer Owens, whose official title is co chair of the Dwyer Group. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry's team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development, plus The Farranger team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto's Franchise Foundry along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective, as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages and communication to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text messages. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year, no excuses, just solutions at frmsolutions.com. So, Dina, I am really interested in learning more about Neighborly because you know, I've, I've kind of put my trust in things like um, an Angie's List or a HomeAdvisors.com, and yeah, I've been disappointed before. But given where this is coming from and all those the 30 minutes that we talked about values, I have a feeling that Neighborly is going to bring something to market that it's never seen before. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that?
3: Yeah. Super exciting. So when you think about Dwyer having a collection of franchise brands, it was actually the vision of our founder to have this collection of franchise brands serving the same customer base, so making it a one-stop shop for the consumer. Now, it's taken a while to get to the scale, but without attracting strong franchisees that we believe are aligned with our values and, again, having a great team of people supporting those franchisees, this wouldn't have been possible. So we just launched Neighborly, which is a comprehensive home services platform that leverages all of Dwyer's brands, and about 2,600 of our franchisees, because this is more North America now, it's not in Europe yet, so the the idea of Neighborly is that a consumer can basically go online, Stan, you, or, or Paul, put in your zip code, look at the variety of services we have to offer, select the service you're looking for, maybe you've got an appliance that needs to be repaired, you plug it in, before you know it, you have our Mr. Appliance Franchisee in your neighborhood. Uh, reaching back out to you to schedule the service, or if you wanted to, you could have actually scheduled the service yourself right online <laughs> you know, if you're doing this at midnight or something. So it's this, um, it's just it's really just a game changer in the home services space. There's no other company like Neighborly that can provide under one umbrella uh, a set of service providers that have been vetted directly by the franchise organization. So Angel's List has you know, done a good job, but she can't touch what well, we have to offer Dwyer, so we've got this human element. We, sure. We've trained almost every one of these franchisees. We know these franchisees, you know, other than some of the newly acquired companies. Um, we've grown up with these franchisees.
1: What's interesting about it is that as you go to the site, getneighborly.com, um, it takes a little bit of time before you actually find the, uh, the Dwyer brand's listed on here, of course, down at the bottom, um, it has the, uh, the copyright uh, Dwyer group franchising. But it takes a little while. And what I've noticed, too, even in your monthly publication that goes out uh, from the Dwyer group about, you know, home services more towards the consumer, one has to dig a little bit um, in order to find the, uh, the Dwyer brands. Can you explain how that came about?
3: Sure, we're not uh, trying to brand Dwyer Group to the end-user consumer. We, we never have. Um, you know, we, we've tried right. to brand specifically the Mr. Rooters and the grounds guys and the specific brands. But with Neighborly, it's a community of home service experts. So what we want the consumer to know is Neighborly. It's actually a name, believe it or not, that when we did our focus studies, I mean, we, we went out and reached thousands of, of recent customers, and we said, how would you best describe the experience you had with our franchisees? it was helpful, it was courteous, it was kind, it was neighborly. Eighty-nine percent of the customers of our franchisees said neighborly was the right word to describe the experience they had with our franchisees, and it's not often. Our marketing VP tells us, you know, she's done lots of work for lots of big companies, and if you get 60% of the customers to agree that this is a good name to describe your company, you're doing well. If you get 70%, you should be jumping for joy. 89% is unheard of. So this is not about branding Dwyer Group. In, in, in the franchising community, um, we branded Dwyer Group, right? That's, uh, we have worked hard to build a reputation in franchising, but when it comes to the end user customer, that's not our goal. Our goal is to brand Neighborly, a community of home service experts. So anytime you need any service for your home, we want you to think about Neighborly.
1: Yeah, I mean, neighborly, I mean, I'm on the site. Uh, I've been very impressed by uh, the site itself. Um, I love the fact that, you know, people join in. And, and just the wording, I think, just goes hand in hand with, with values and the different things that you speak about in the book. You talk about, you know, community. You talk about uh, professionalism. You talk about um, it's just different traits that you know, good people have, and I could imagine you know somebody coming across this site uh, would definitely want to um, to uh, to jump in.
2: How is well, it so French easy
3: too, Paul? Did, did you find it easy? I don't know if you you uh, you can join you oh, know, for free. I, I, it's just a very simple
1: thing. Yeah, I, I love the fact that yeah, it's very very simple, and uh, and it makes you feel like you're you're part of something. It does.
3: It's so much fun, and, and the, the neat thing too is consumers can actually see real-time ratings. And those ratings are actually your neighbors vetting, vetting, you know, our local franchisee. So it's it's all real-time and it's vetted by your neighbors, not somebody who's off in New York who's uh, telling you what their experience was in New York when they're sitting in Waco, Texas. It's the people that are sitting in Waco, Texas are the ones that are telling you the experience they had with your your local um, franchisee. And these are licensed, professional, trained people uh, a couple of other beautiful things about uh, GetNeighborly.com, the site itself, is if you use any of our franchise brands to do your home services through uh, that site or even outside of that site, we actually keep your service history. I don't know about you guys, but I am bad at handling mm-hmm. pa- I hate paper. <laughs> I hate paper. And so I don't like keeping those files. Well, you know what? Today I can go to my my um, uh, account on GetNeighborly.com, and it costs nothing to join And I can see all of my service history, even from brands way back into 2003 that have been keeping up with my service history. The other thing they they do that makes it so easy for people like me and probably you guys who are very busy is reminders. So for the different seasons of the year, you know, there are things that need to be done like changing your air conditioning filters. So you can actually click on all those reminders that you want, little friendly reminders that will come to you via email or text, whatever your preference is, and just say, hey, Paul, Just a reminder, it's time to replace that air conditioning filter. So it gets on the list. It's it's a friendly reminder, and then it goes away. So we're not going to bug you about all these things that, you know, we'd like for you to be doing around your home. We're going to just remind you about those things you asked us to remind you about. And then there's a blog that's just chock full of great content, everything from uh, home decorating ideas to, you know, if you want to try to to do it yourself, fix some of the stuff yourself. We also have those tips and tools as well.
1: Yeah, I'm on the uh, site right now. I love the uh, the different tasks that can be put on the seasonal punch list, and then you'll send an email reminder when the time is right. Very, very interactive. I love the site. It's it's very simple, and I would definitely recommend anybody that has a home um, get to uh, getneighborly.com and sign in for free for just a great community of home experts. Excellent, excellent.
3: So much fun, and, and again, I think if it weren't for um, our focus on keeping values as a foundation for our success, I, I don't think we'd be here today. And again, we're 36 years old, so it's taken us time to get here, but you've got to, you've got to have enough scale um, to offer something like this for all of North America.
2: So, Dean, I think it's time that we, we change hats and we've taken a deep dive into you as a person and, and the richness of the corporate culture and across the brands and neighborly, Let's talk now a little bit about the franchise side of the business and how with such diversity in the brands, while they're all service brands, they are still very diverse in nature, and some of them are more mature and some of them are emerging. How does your organization vet franchisees, prospects, and how do you even help prospects learn about the scope and depth of the opportunities that are available? Through the Dwyer group, and I'm sure then you may even get some candidates who come to you with interest in one brand, learning about other opportunities that may even be more appropriate for them than that they even didn't know about when they came to you in the first place. Talk us through a little bit of what that looks like through the eyes of a prospect.
3: Yeah, it's kind of all of the above, uh, Stan. So we have, you know, outbound. Uh, what's unique about Dwyer that might be a little different than uh, a lot of franchisors is we, we still do a lot of conversion franchising. So we have an outbound call center that basically uh, reaches out to folks who are already in plumbing, electrical, HVAC, whatever the, whatever the trade <laughs> may be, and we introduce them to the opportunity to join something bigger. Uh, and what's what's so amazing to me, um, we we had basic training just this week, and, we have franchises who have been in business 15, 20 years, not with us, but they've been in, let's say, HVAC. And they say, I, I've i been trying for years to figure out the systems I need to really run a successful HVAC business, and I'm tired. And and business is not getting any easier. It's getting more complex. And I decided investing in an airstore franchise was the right solution for me. So we want to be the solution for people who are already in our trades businesses and, and give them the opportunity to earn the opportunity to be a, a franchisee. We also have a lot of inbounds, so we do probably like a lot of other folks do from um, working with brokers to, uh, which we don't do as much. We're, we're, we're um, going to do more of that likely because a lot of the companies we're acquiring have had more experience with brokers. Then we also have um, just the, the, the Internet uh, lead sources. We have trade shows, trade associations that we belong to, and we get leads through that route. And we do have a lot of people that are just reaching out to us Savvy, sophisticated business people saying, you guys have something special here. These are businesses that are recession-resistant, primarily. Um, I'm interested. So we've got people who are interested in buying more than one uh, of the brands.
2: Are we seeing uh, multiple unit opportunities growing, or are we still talking with single opportunities? You know, how small or point of entry-wise – um, what's too small? I mean, can an individual still look at acquiring a single brand as a single unit operator in the Dwyer Group?
3: Yes. Yeah, we've got some great brands that are are really suited for that. Uh, when you think about a, a Grounds Guys or a Window Genie, you know, if somebody's just ambitious and, and many times it's a husband and wife team, they want to own their own business and they're in a community. Let's just call it the size of Waco. What a perfect opportunity for them um, to own and operate um, their own, you know, their own Business, then we've got you know, and those businesses can become very large too, depending on the the size territory that somebody might be investing in. But then we've got folks who are running very large operations and multi-unit is I think it's a real big opportunity for Dwyer. We have a lot of existing franchisees who own more than one of a particular brand. We don't have as many who own multiple concepts, so we thought that was going to be a big win for us when when my father started getting a collection of franchise companies, but. Over the years, we've discovered that very few people are really capable of owning multiple concepts. So where they might own a Rainbow International and a Mr. Reuter um, and a Grounds Guy, you know, all together, Very few are great at that, but uh, we have many more that are good at uh, multi-units. And, I, you know, I think we've got an opportunity for folks out there, even in the restaurant industry, when you think of so many multi-unit operators and restaurants, yeah, you know, there's only so many restaurants they can own in a certain community, um, so it might be a natural fit for them to think about. Gosh, I'm constantly taking care of my lawns. Maybe I should own a Grounds Guys lawn care franchise and serve my own restaurants, or you know, maybe I should own a Mister Appliance and you know, take care of my own appliances at the same time, serve other customers in the community. So there's, a, I think there's a, a, a real win for potential multi-unit operators who are already in the restaurant industry.
2: Do you do any kind of surveying or? profiling of your candidates for franchises to determine uh, a little bit more about them before you actually meet?
3: Oh, we do a really in-depth qualification process. Yeah, before we even invite folks to come to Waco, we we, uh, pre-qualify them almost always. It would be a very unique situation that we wouldn't have done that. Um, And then we invite them for what most people call a discovery day. We call it orientation. So they come spend a day, day and a half with us in Waco, and then we make a decision on are they right for our organization? And they make a decision, are we right for them? You know, do we really have the solution they're looking for? And uh, many times we, we are right, you know, and, and uh, we're building Dwyer. At our goal is to have 400 new unit sales this year, and uh, I think Robert and his team are going to do a great job pulling that through.
2: I think we lost Mr. Segretto. He was, you know, we we do some backstage communicating, Dina, with him in Houston and me in Atlanta. We're we're back here while we're listening to you, uh, chatting and texting with each other about who's going to ask the next question so that we don't <laughs> step on each other's toes. And I th- I thought Paul was in next, but <laughs> I'm getting a text now saying he lost the connection. <laughs> okay, it's not well, like we can Paul. handle it, Stan. Yeah, I'm sure we can. It's not like Paul to leave me there with that kind of a pregnant pause. You know, it's just like Paul. We're usually fighting for who goes next. (laughs) So, tell us about the process, Dean. Again, I'm interested through the eyes of the candidate when they when they get into um, an initial inquiry and they get into your system. They will obviously hear from somebody who's going to do a a little bit of pre-qualification. But when you're talking about the depth of what the vetting process looks like before they ever get to, um, to get an invitation to come in. Walk us through a little bit of that. How does that look through the eyes of a candidate, and um, and over what period of time does that all take place?
3: Yeah, you know it can be as little as uh, you know sixty days, maybe a good average, but it can be as long as a year, as you know, Stan. Some people are are uh, very busy, uh, or there's a lot of fear and taking their time to make the decision. So it's it's a lot of phone calls. So there's a uh, there's a series of steps that we go through, really trying to understand who this candidate is. We certainly do um, our, our research on their credit history and their background, and we also invite them to talk to franchisees. We think it's critical that they get on the phone or even go visit franchisees to make sure that this is something they really want to do. And so it's you know it's it's kind of the process franchising has used for a very long time. Let's just make sure we're good for one another. And then at the end of the day, make the right decision because it's like getting into a marriage, as you know, Stan. <laughs> it's a long-term <laughs> relationship, and you want to make sure you get it right. So the the yeah, supporting phase is a lot easier. Yeah, a lot easier to get into those a, relationships than getting out phase.
2: of them. <laughs> Say that against Stan? <laughs> I'm saying it was a lot eas. It's a lot easier to get into those relationships sometimes than it might be to unravel them. So it's no all that much more important to make sure you've got gotten it right on the front. What about across the brands? Do you do your brand presidents and development teams work on multiple brands or are there dedicated teams for each one?
3: Yeah, for franchise development, uh, there are dedicated teams and actually for franchise operations, there are dedicated teams under each one of the, uh, the brand umbrellas. As you know, we have brand presidents uh, for each one of the entities like you know Molly Mage, you might have met uh, Meg Roberts before and so of Each course. brand has a brand president. Uh, the neat thing though is we have this amazing synergy. The brand presidents all work together. So it's like being at a mini IFA convention all the time <laughs> because you have access to all these great minds. And if somebody's got an idea, um, you know mary thompson, who who actually coaches now, she heads up all the franchise operations side, she'll um, you know let that president run with it and let's let's test it big and uh, let's test it small and fast. And if that test works out great, then let's bring it to the other brands. She recently just launched uh, launched with the help of a, uh, a bunch of her VP of operations from each of the brands something called FC University. Now, we've had Franchise Consulting University for a couple of years, but what they did a week ago would blow anybody away as it relates to how we work with our franchise consultants and really bringing value to the franchisees. So that was a two-and-a-half-day event last week. So although everybody works in their their particular niche uh, under the particular brand umbrella, um, we do a lot of synergizing across the brands.
2: I could see that. I mean, I, in my mind's eye, and I don't know if I'm barking up the right or wrong tree or not, but as we all know that many candidates that look at franchises and work with brokers wind up looking at brands that they'd never even heard of. You know, everyone may come to a broker saying, "I want to, you know, I want to own a restaurant or I want to do something with a particular type of business or brand. And they usually wind up being introduced to two or three concepts, the names of which they've never heard before. And I wonder if it doesn't happen with a company the size of the Dwyer Group when you have so many concepts under your umbrella that one of your prospects comes forth with an interest in a particular brand that he or she may not be as well suited for as perhaps another brand under the umbrella. And do they each communicate internally and trade information that way so that Maybe somebody's not right for one brand would be a perfectly suited for another.
3: It happens often, and uh, you know the the thing about our franchise development team is they're all under one roof, um, all led by uh, Robert Tenmeyer heads up the whole franchise development team, and then we've got these amazing VPs and team leads who work closely with one another. They're all trained, so there's a weekly training session where all the the franchise development team members are in the same room, getting the same training. Uh, having the opportunity to communicate the types of things that you were just talking about.
0: So, That's great. Yeah, it,
3: it often happens that uh, a franchise developer is working with a, a candidate and says, you know, I, I know that you called about this particular brand, but it really feels like this brand would be better better for you,
2: what mm-hmm. you're looking
3: for. And, yeah, they'll, they'll
1: swap uh, leads.
2: Welcome back, Mr Segreto. Nice to have you. Hi, Paul. Yeah. It, hi. And it wasn't like technical at, problems. Paul. I'm
1: looking in the sky for, you know, lightning and clouds. I mean it's a clear blue sky. So I, I don't know what it was. We have to thank technology. But I did get back on in time to to hear what you were talking about with F C university. Uh certainly and another time I would love to learn more about uh some of the things that, that Mary's doing with uh, her team over there. But You recently, the Dwyer Group recently made an even bigger investment to long term towards training, and that is breaking ground on a new training center. Um, Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Wow, it's it's massive. It's this three story building (laughs) that's that's being built quite quickly, I would say. So that's just an opportunity for us to do more training amongst uh, our employees as well as our franchisees and. I think we've already outgrown it, which is this, it's, it's its a good problem to have, but it's its kind of frustrating for poor Mike. You know, we're, we're just growing at such a pace that, uh, yeah, that building will, will fill up quite quick, and we might have a few vacancies around the campus once a, a few of the shared services move over there. But Mike's going to have to be working on now Plan B for what's the next building going to look like.
1: Wow. Wow, that's a great commitment, long-term commitment. Um, for the franchise, and I, w- and I wanted to just say something to...
3: about. Um, excuse me for interrupting, Stan.
2: Oh no, that was Paul.
3: Oh, Paul. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Paul. <laughs> Early on, when you guys okay. were kicking the show off, you talked about the um, franchise capital exchange yes. conference uh, that uh, Marianne, I think is is leading up. And so, just if I could briefly mention the benefit we've received from having a private equity partner. You, you may not know the history, but we were publicly traded in 2003. We went uh, mm-hmm. private by joining um, with the Riverside Company late 2003, and then uh, they helped grow our business over a seven-year period of time. Exited in 2010. We we teamed up with another great private equity group called TZP out of New York, and within three short years after that, Riverside came knocking back on our door and said, mm-hmm. we'd love the opportunity to, 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 to buy Dwyer back, um, three reasons. One is we just raised $1.5 billion fund and we really mm-hmm. are having a hard time finding quality companies to put that money to work. And we love Dwyer. We love, we love Dwyer's values and culture. Uh, we love the growth potential and we love working with the leadership team at Dwyer. Would you, would you give us a chance to buy it back at a, at a premium? Uh, let us think about that for a second. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> the <laughs> neat thing about Riverside is they have really invested in the, the growth of our franchisees, the existing franchisees. They've invested in neighborly.com. That's not something that's being uh, funded by our, our national advertising dollars. That's something we're doing for our franchisees with our operating dollars. At Riverside said, absolutely, we're going to support this investment. We think it's a wonderful opportunity for the franchisees to gain customers uh, via cross-brands. And, and they're investing in this new building. I mean, there's just, it's just been a wonderful partnership. So there are great private equity groups out there. Uh, you know, our friends at work, there are great groups out there, and uh, Marianne will help introduce people to those groups. Um, you've got to vet them just like we've got to vet franchisees, right? <laughs> absolutely. Franchisees yeah, absolutely. You, you've got to vet your partners, but, boy, have, have, we, uh, have we picked the right ones.
1: Great stuff. Thanks for sharing it, Dina. Tell us how someone can learn more about the various opportunities under the uh, under Neighborly. and uh, and the Dwyer Group, if they're looking at uh, a franchise opportunity, how should they find out some more information? We'd
3: be delighted if somebody was considering a franchise opportunity. They could just uh, come find us at DwyerGroup.com. And, uh, you know, there's no obligation. We're happy to just get on the phone and and, and chat with somebody who's just wanting to learn more. Uh, So That's just a starting point. And if somebody is looking for home services, we all have needs. In fact, I've probably had every one of our brands that are local in Waco through my house the past 12 months, many of them multiple times. Uh, so please go to getneighborly.com, and it's it's so simple. Again, just put in your zip code and uh, pick the service that you're needing, and hopefully we'll have a franchisee in your neighborhood. And if That's not, really we great. need to sell another and, franchise then.
2: Right, there, you yeah, go. there
1: you go. And is there, last question from me, is there another book on the horizon? Not yet, but I am kind of
3: toying with, you guys, you might appreciate this about me, but cheer leadership. So I was a cheerleader in high school, okay. and then I went on to teach cheer at a uh, college, a local community college. But I just think there's a lot to be said for people need to be inspired, and and bel- people need to be, know that somebody believes in them. And cheer leadership uh, might be might be the next book. I'm nowhere near it yet, but it's it's kind of rolling around in my mind.
1: Well, I'm sure it's gonna be great. And um does that mean we're gonna see you on a future undercover boss back in the Cheerleaders app? <laughs> I
3: don't know if undercover boss could take me again. I'm such a crybaby. baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I gotta tell you um, something, D. There are very I, there are very few people. Um <laughs> uh, that could force me off of a call with Ron Feldman as quickly as I hung up on him today as we were approaching showtime. And I said, hey, i got to get out of here, man. I'm going to go talk with Dina. And he said, well, send her my best, too. But how much more blessed can one be to have conversations with both Ron and you in the same day? I mean, I'm living large right now.
3: Well, (laughs) and I I feel the same. We, We are blessed in the franchising community to have great guys like you and Paul and so many, great people that are friends you know it's just this uh, amazing network of people who care about helping each other succeed
2: amen to that
1: Dan White just sent in a note to me and said I love Dina and Joy oh nice great people in franchising (laughs) Dina I actually want to um, actually say some parting words from you based upon what's in the book um in the, in the book jacket at the bottom, it says, Using touching stories and powerful facts, Dina argues with convincing evidence that enacting a values-driven direction can literally change our world. Take a stand, make a difference. The rewards are too great to ignore. Dina, thank you for being our guest again on Franchise Today.
3: My pleasure. You guys keep living rich.
1: Thanks, Dina. Thank you we so will. much. We will. See you soon. Definitely richer today. <laughs> thank well, you, guys. Stan, uh, thank you. Another uh, another great show. Um, probably could have went on for several more hours, although I probably would have got bounced off again. Uh, I mean, I Paul, that's so unusual.
2: There. So unusual for you to be the one with the technical glitch. That's usual only on my end here in Atlanta.
1: Well, fortunately, because I'm sitting here with the dashboard. Uh, it was weird because I'm glad it just didn't end the show, uh, which right. is always a question that I've had. <laughs> so obviously, as long as it's still on the computer, I just lost my phone connection.
2: Really weird. Well, it's really like weird. I said to Dina while, oh. like I said to Dina while you were gone, uh, far be it a day where Paul leaves me hanging there with uh, a pregnant pause. You know, we're usually fighting with each other to get the next word in, and right. there it was just dead air no paul i said something's happened hey paul one takeaway yeah. out of today's conversation for me with dina was uh close to the end of the interview when she talked about riverside coming back and she talked about the culture of you know we've we talked a lot during the interview about the culture of franchisees coming into her system and also about uh the cultural interface with brands that they're acquiring but she brought that to an even Higher level when she talked about the relationship between she and the private equity firm, because there too, unless you've got alignment between the money invested and the patience of the money invested, you can wind up in a bad place if that's not vetted as well. So, um, you know, the one thing I think are parallel lines. Uh, they walk the talk in everything that they do, and. They live for the culture, which to me is always the secret sauce of any successful franchise brand, no matter what it is they sell, no matter what it is that makes them worthy of the uh, franchise business model as, as the way forth for growth. If you don't have it going in your culture as well, you're just only halfway there.
1: I agree. Some, a, a big takeaway for me is uh, was early on when we were talking about values, and she said, it's never too late. And, um, you know, so many times we, we look back and say, oh, I wish, you know, I knew that 20 years ago. I wish I knew that 30 years ago. Well, you know what? Today is as good a day as any to start. And um, she's, the, uh, she's the real deal, and, and the Dwyer Group is the real deal. And I look forward to having, you know, Mark and Mary Kay on in a a future segment of Franchise Today and certainly Mike Bidwell uh, as well. Just a tremendous organization, tremendous family right here in Waco, Texas, 100 miles away
2: from me. Well, I look forward to all of the above as well, Paul, and it was another fun interview and always love being around Dina.
1: Yep. Well, next week we'll have Ashley Morris, CEO of Capriati's. I do want to give a special um, shout-out Uh, to Monica Fide and the BizCom team. Uh, BizCom uh, was very, very uh, gracious in in working with us again and had Gary Findley on, and and now Dina Dwyer Owens. We really appreciate all that they do for us. Um, So there's my shout-out to uh, BizCom.
2: uh, Hey, Paul, talking about shout-outs. Talking about shout-outs, I want to to send one out as well today to uh, our good friend Candice Couture and congratulate Planet Fitness on having a franchisee come back for a second bite. Um, Talk about a large second bite, having a PA, Pennsylvania franchisee, come back to acquire 12 more gyms across multiple states. What better reference in the world could there possibly be to the success of a brand than having a multi unit operator coming back for a dozen more. So hats yeah, off to you, Candice. keep tremendous. doing what you're doing as well. Yep.
1: Well until next week, my name is Paul Segretto, wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing we call franchising. And franchise today is out <laughs>
0: franchise pros. Stand the May. Paul Segretto, Badland's Franchising today. Sustainable growth the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchising today. Franchising today.